Welcome and thank you for visiting the Straight Talk Podcast. We're talking wealth, finance, real estate. We're coming from a tell it like it is, keep it simple, help me understand, and give it to me straight approach. I'm Greg Coward, a guy who's been working on the front lines of finance and real estate now for 20 years. We're going to help you save money, point you in the right direction, keep it fun and keep it real. Thanks for joining. Let's roll. Welcome, 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 everybody. Hope you're doing well. So appreciate you tuning in to the Straight Talk Talk podcast as you go about your life out there in the wonderful, beautiful earth, uh, mowing the grass, washing the car, taking a walk. Thanks for hanging out with me. This is Greg Cowart. Man, I'd like to play the guitar like that. I have a brother who can play guitar like that, and I, I just envy it. It takes a lot of time. Um, hey, so glad you could join us today. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, it's a big one for us. This is all about what we're here for, which is real estate and uh, wealth. And you put the two together, and what do you get? You get buying real estate and being an investor. And if you're listening today, you're in for a treat. We're going to try to keep it straight, keep it simple, um, and really introduce a language that we can both speak together. Or you can speak with other people. Um, so welcome. Let's get rolling. Uh, you may also be here because I sent you this podcast and asked you to listen. Uh, help me help you. Tell me what you want and whether you know what you want or not. Let's use some language so you can describe to me better what you want and then I can point you in the right direction. This is Greg Cowart. I uh, help families buy homes. Been doing it for just over 20 years now and I'm also a uh, an investor myself. Um I believe in real estate, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we have the name of the podcast the way it is. I, I don't believe in real estate as your sole focus. Um, there are people that that's all they do. Um, I believe in a bucket approach to wealth, which is by putting money in different buckets, some will do well, some will not, but collectively over time, all the buckets grow. You minimize your risk. You increase your exposure to different markets. I like money in equities or stocks. You know, I like a 401k. I like buying big stocks. I like the S&P index fund. We'll talk about this in future um, episodes where we talk about where to put your money. I love money in real estate. Nice, safe investment. You can go touch it. It grows over time. Average growth of uh, real estate appreciation since World War II is around 4.5%, depending upon where you live. Love taking some risks with a bucket of money as well. Um, so just a bunch of different options of how to use your money. Um, today we're going to talk about real estate, becoming a real estate investor. Well, Greg, why should I listen to you? Well, uh, I'm an educator. That's my background. I um, actually taught in the school system. I've got a counseling degree, so I love to help folks. I have a background as a coach as early as, I don't know, 22. I was coaching high school kids in sports. Love coaching and Dear listener, I'd love to be your investor, your investor coach. I'd love to help coach you and educate you on how to buy and hold and sell um, real estate. Um, also, separate from that, uh, early in my career, I used to host our local networking group, early 2000s. I mean, right when I got started, I went to one of these groups and I said, hey, we got a big room, come, come here. And so from early on in my young 30s, I've been working with investors. I've been lucky enough to help I mean, I have a client who's amazing who I probably helped him buy 10 multi-unit homes over my career. And I have also helped a lot of families introduce them to wealth building through real estate and help guide them on different directions. 
I do want to tell you, I may not be, as a residential mortgage lender, your only choice for money. Typically, I try to help my investors understand that there's that there's ho- homes sometimes will tell you what they want you to do with them. You know, do I want you to fix me up? Do I want you to resell me? Do I want you to hold me? Sometimes you have to listen to the house, and sometimes the money follows what your plans are too. There's commercial lenders local bank lenders, there's hard money lenders, uh, there's residential mortgage lenders like myself. There's a bunch of different ways you can borrow from yourself, a bunch of different ways to finance investment property. And for my customers, if you're able to tell me what you're looking to do, I can point you in the right direction. We believe in planning. And so let's start off today with creating an investment portfolio plan. Uh, here on our team, the Coward team, we help our home buyers make plans because it turns out a mortgage needs to be customized for how long you're going to be in the house, what else, how much money you have, what else you want to do with your money. There's so much we talk through with folks to build a true mortgage plan. You know, right now we don't, with rates falling in 24 and 25, we think these 30-year fixed mortgages will actually be refinanced in about 18 months. So that comes into our counseling. But for investors specifically, We're looking to have them be very clear in what they're trying to accomplish. And the tighter they can get their goals and the tighter they can get their vision and the more specific they can be. And this is so true with anything, losing weight, being a better spouse. If you can quantify and really get in the weeds and that then allows you to better visualize. And the better visualization you can have of your goals, what do we know? It manifests itself. The world gives you what you're asking for if you can just be specific enough and ask for it. Not in like, I want to be happy, that's great. But if you can really tell the world what happiness looks like to you and and picture it and and help make it happen yourself, boom, it's going to show up in your life. So... We want you investors to really make a plan, be super specific, and today's episode is really to help you with that. Um, All right, Greg, I want to get rich in real estate. Well, Great. Thank you so much, but that's not enough. So guys, what I'm going to do for one of the first times in this podcast is I'm going to share with you a little bit briefly on my story, and I hope this helps because I think it will give you a feel for how specific you need to be to succeed in real estate. So here we go. <clears throat> so I'm Greg. Um, I've been reading a lot of books on investments. I've been around a lot of investors. And from listening to them, I decided I wanted to have the following plan. I wanted to not own too many homes because the more homes you own, the more trouble you've got. I like to relate a home to almost being like a kid. And they all have personalities, and they're all different, and they all take energy. They're wonderful, but they take energy. So I wanted to only have enough homes for my end objective. I wanted the homes to be within a bike riding distance of my personal home where I live. Because I wanted to know the community, know the schools, know the streets. I want homes that I almost drive by them all the time. I wanted houses that are... Three bedroom, two bath. That's what I buy. Three bedroom, two bath. Typically price, well, when I started, it was like 225 in my area. Now it's up to about 300, 350. So kind of 
lower to middle entry level country suburban is the setting. These are all suburban houses in a county surrounding a big city. Great schools. My target tenant is young families or older young professionals. I am dog friendly. I am not cat friendly. I rent for top dollar. And there's a lot of tools that tell you what to rent for. And whatever that tool is, I'm going to the top. I take great care of my homes. I maintain them well. I repaint them a lot. I require my tenants to take care of the yard and to keep it in excellent condition. Um, I list on Ven- through Zillow. I collect my rent on Venmo. I manage my properties myself. I personally screen my tenants. I go slow. I hold open houses. <laughs> I mean, I... I I pick tenants almost like I'm picking best friends. I make them sign two and three year leases. It does protect them because I can't increase their rent. I want long term tenants. Turnover is my enemy. I know this from my experience, at least for me. And this is my plan, guys. This is Greg's plan. Turnover is my enemy. I want long term renters. And I'll tell you, most of my folks stay for four and five years. I finance my homes on 10-year mortgages or 15-year mortgages, which means I lose money every month or barely split equal, which is really different than some other people's approaches. I am all about getting these mortgages paid off. I don't need the money now. I don't need the cash flow. I want these mortgages gone. Why? My ultimate goal is to make working optional. So I own six rental properties. I do have one commercial property. It's where I run my business out of. The other five are homes. And as I get to this point where they're really getting close to mostly being paid off. So why am I telling you this? Just because it's my journey. These are my plans. And when you set an investment plan, I need you to be this specific. Start with the ending. What's your goal? Work backwards. All right, we're going to pause, clap, clap at this point, just because I'm feeling out of breath. Let me pause for a second. CJ, thank you. Sorry, hold on one second. Kind of weird. Okay, guys, so that's one person's story. It's my story. It's not the right story. It's not the wrong story. It's just my story. So now I want to go into just briefly what other type of investment or investor mindsets, really styles of investing I see. We get to talk to almost 150 people a month on my mortgage team, and we're honored to help. And I'll tell you, probably of the 150, 20 are investors. And they're calling me and they're saying, Greg, I want to be an investor. I want to buy real estate. And what I know is that there's like 15 different paths to go down in owning real estate. Guys, probably honestly, there's more than that. But I also know that the person on the other side of the phone may not know that. And as I start asking them questions, it's really funny. Sometimes they're they're like, what are you talking about? I just want to be a real estate investor. 
Or if I go in one direction, that's totally not the way they think. They think completely differently. So if you're listening, please understand that none of these are right. They're all just different paths to get to building wealth through real estate. So what I've done here is I've named them. And when we talk, you can use these names. These are like code words where you can call me back, talk to me, or talk to your local mortgage professional. Please, local experienced mortgage professional. And let me go off of a brief tangent. If you need to get a mortgage and need to get financing, there is someone in your community who is a mortgage professional with 15 plus years of experience, who owns rental property themselves, who can not only help you get a mortgage, but because of their experience with you, with themselves and other investors can help you design the mortgage correctly for your goals. But wholly separate from that can be your hub of a wheel recommending you to how to get a lease signed, recommending to how to list your house, what attorneys to contact, maybe even what realtors in your local area are investors themselves. Maybe even different websites where you can find property yourself too. So please, wherever you are in the United States, start off with a great local mortgage lender. I do work within a coaching family. So if you're in Denver, you can call me or email me and I'll give you a name within the mortgage coaching family I'm in. That's all the top people around the United States. So happy to help. And there's a lot more when you pick a mortgage lender to just getting the mortgage. If you got to get a mortgage anyway, you might as well pick somebody whose personal experience can help you not step in holes and sprain your ankle. All right, Greg, what's the most common renter style you see? And I'm going to call this guy cash flow, Chris. And Chris comes in and Chris just wants now money. What Chris is looking for is to have the rent as high as he can get it, have the mortgage as low as he can get it, and have the house price as low as he can get it. And it turns out as you push up and down these different levers, they work differently. So you push the lever on house price too low and you can't get the rent high enough. Now the mortgage is low, but the delta between the rent and the mortgage isn't that far. So in your community, whether you should buy at 400 if you're cash flow, Chris, or 200 depends upon so many different factors. Now, cash flow, Chris, is trying to get monthly income. Oftentimes, this person is looking for supplemental income to help them accomplish their financial wealth building goals separate from their main job. And so, cash flow, Chris, has to manage tenants. Cash flow, Chris, is just getting a little bit of money every month. This is a long-term play. He's got to be dealing with potential vacancies. And when he has vacancies, that really can hurt cash flow, Chris, because in that month, not only is he not getting the rent, but he could potentially go negative as well. Also, cash flow, Chris, is going to need to own more than one house. I mean, if cash flow, Chris, wants $2,000 of income a month and he can get I don't know, 250 bucks extra per month on rent versus payment. You know, guys, he's got to have, I'm going to do the quick math. I think that's eight rental properties. Now, over time, cash flow Chris will pay these off, 
but he wants a long-term mortgage, typically 30 years, so that he can keep that payment as low as possible. So it's the most common person that calls me, cash flow, Chris. Long-term play, give me monthly income. All right, person two we see. I'm going to call her Payoff Penny. Payoff Penny, guys, is actually who I am. Payoff Penny is trying to get retirement income. Payoff Penny oftentimes has started late. Payoff Penny uses short-term mortgages, 10-year or 15-year mortgages. They are actually okay with the opposite of what Cashflow Chris wants. Payoff Penny is fine if she loses money every month because all Payoff Penny cares about is that someone pays off her mortgage as quickly as possible and she doesn't mind helping if she has to. Now, rents going up, which they have in our country a lot because there's such a housing shortage, have really helped pay off Penny. Because it may have been when she bought five years ago, she was losing 500 a house. And as rents have gone up, hopefully she's in a fixed rate mortgage. And that means that she's maybe not quite so negative. So pay off Penny also might buy a house that's going to hold up over time and cash flow Chris as well. Cause these are long-term plays for these two payoff penny. Most often I see someone in their forties, sometimes fifties, their income is at the high stage of their life and they do not care about the negative cash flow. But it's funny you put cash flow Chris and payoff penny in a room and it's just like oil and water. I mean, they view things completely differently. Now, they can respect and understand each other's perspectives, but these are very, two di very different ways of buying homes. Now, guys, I do want to add at this point, if you want to get financing, whether hard money, commercial, or residential money like what I do, you're going to need probably a minimum of 20% down. Well, could you read a book that says there's a way to not do 20% down? You could, but for the most part, 20% down. That's a lot of money. And I'll tell you, for me, I know from doing this that you're pretty much looking at almost 75,000 bucks. Now, if you buy in a super low price range, 150K, something like that, you can get it down to about 50. But by the time you have to pay points, which investors have to pay because they have higher interest rates, and by the time you've got to have the closing costs and the down payment, this is a lot of money you have to save to buy these homes. All right, let's go to the, the third type. And this is one you've heard of. This is Flipper Frank. Flipper Frank typically is not afraid of hard work. They're going to say something like this. I'm handy and I don't mind doing it myself. Because Flipper Frank knows that if he buys a house that's not in good condition and he hires a contractor to fix it, that by the time the contractor makes 20 to 25% on the cost of fixing it, it's going to be hard to sell it and make any money. Guys, I see a lot of Flipper Franks, and it turns out it's hard to be Flipper Frank because Flipper Frank, typically I've seen, <coughs> sorry about that, make mistakes on their first two homes. And the mistake they make is that flipping a home takes longer than they think it does. It's more work than they think it is. And most often they over improve the house. So pretty much they're newbies. They make the house the way they want it to be versus just doing the basics to get it resold. 
The other reason that Flipper Frank's really struggling right now in the year we're in right now is 2024 is because there's such a shortage of homes in most communities that even the ugly homes are selling for such a high number that you can't buy, fix, and then resell. Keep in mind, Flipper Frank also typically is using real estate agents, and the typical realtor commission on the sale of a home is 6%. So Flipper Frank also struggles with just the cost of turning it back over. I think we're grateful for Flipper Frank. I mean, the housing stock in our country is getting older and older and older, and we need Flipper Franks to go in, make good income, and re repurpose these homes, rebuild these homes to resell them off. But Flipper Frank's a tough way to go. But really, Flipper Frank is looking for short-term now money. Oftentimes, they don't really want or need my 30-year fixed mortgage. A lot of times, hard money can be a great example for Flipper Frank or cash that they have or retirement funds. Hard money can be very expensive, but it's very short-term. And hard money sometimes can lend off of something called a AVR, sorry, ARV, after repaired value. So sometimes you can even borrow the money you need to fix up the home in the mortgage if you use hard money on Flipper Frank House. All right, let's go into our fourth. Repair and Rent Rachel. So Repair and Rent Rachel is really similar to Cashflow Chris and Flipper Frank. They're looking for a house that needs repair. They want that low purchase price. Like Flipper Frank, they don't mind doing the work themselves. But unlike Flipper Frank, they're not going to resell it. They are going to keep that low payment because they bought the house at such a low amount. And they're going to try to get the rent as high as they can. I I do love Repair Rent Rachel because she can really cash flow well because she bought it at such a low amount. But Repair Rent Rachel typically has to be okay with spending money out of pocket and leaving that money she spent out of pocket in the house. So it can be kind of expensive to be repair rent Rachel, but it does a really great job of building cash flow. And there's a lot of opportunity over time because you don't need to resell right now. It's mostly about getting that low purchase price, but you do need to be handy. Let's go with kind of a version of Repair Rent Rachel. I'm going to call it Burr Becky. If you're an investor and you've done any reading, you're going to see this Burr word use. Let me share with you what that means. Buy, rehab, refinance, repeat. So pretty much what you're doing, you're buying a house that needs work, first. Two, you're doing the repair or the rehab, typically out of pocket. Three. You're doing a refinance where you pull out the money you put in because now the home's worth more. Then the money you pull out, you're going to rent that current house, which is yet another R, and then you're going to repeat by buying another house with the money you pulled out from the cash out refinance. And so the Burr method is a way that you can buy homes that need work and then just continue to pull the equity out of the home you just fixed up And put that as your down payment and as your repair cost on the next home. I know in my world, we've just changed the mortgage rules to where you have to wait now 12 months before you can take out money on a house based upon its new higher value. 
they make you use the old purchase value now for the first 12 months. I know that's making it harder to do burr type of work. Let me tell you an investor who I just love, and I've helped a lot of people do this, and I'm going to call this Primary Hopper Patricia. Primary Hopper Patricia. Primary Hopper Patricia is typically younger, and they're different than most first-time home buyers because they are motivated and think like investors. So they're not looking for their first house to be the perfect house. They're almost looking at their first house as though it's going to be a rental property because guys, guess what? It is. And this has got to be the best way to build wealth within real estate is to be primary hopper Patricia. So pretty much what they do is they start off low with a basic house in their community at a lower price. They move into it as a primary resident. Sometimes they put zero down or 3% down. Now they don't want a beautiful house. And while they're in their house, they're fixing it up almost like a side job. And they don't need to even be perfectly content in their house because they just wanted to get in at the lowest price possible. They're also potentially buying on the fringe of an area that's getting nicer. Now a year passes or two, and now they decide they want to move and they do it all over again. They've saved up some money and now on their next home, it's a little nicer, maybe bigger, maybe more bedrooms, and they move out of their first home into the next home. And guess what? House on the fringe, house that needs work, and they do it all over again. Start to fix it up. And guess what? These homes rent beautifully at top dollar because someone walks in and it's like, man, somebody did a great job on this house. And guess what? They did. It was their house. I've personally helped a guy do this three times in just over three years. Totally legal, totally moved, not committing fraud, doing the right thing. But it's kind of a little bit of a loophole in the system that you can use to your advantage by being primary Hopper Patricia. And the key there is you're buying the subsequent house, putting down only 5%, 3%, something like that, minimum down, and you don't need as much money because as you buy, if you buy as an investor and don't live in it, you need 20 or 25% down. So this is a great way for people in their 20s to build wealth through real estate. All right, guys, so that does it. That's probably your first top six or seven types, styles of investors of real estate, residential real estate we see. Now I just want to hit real quickly before we wrap up a couple of different variations. Now, each of these I see mixed with the earlier ones we labeled. So for example, you could be a cash flow Chris, but yet you could also be an appreciation angel. Okay, so this is somebody who's buying a house in an area where they think home values are really going to spike. And yeah, that helps my cash flow every month because I can raise the rent. But I'm actually buying because I think in seven years, this house that was 150 is going to be worth 300 and I'm going to sell it then and use that money for a different purpose. So appreciation and appreciation angels, another variation where you're buying and you're holding, but not for that long because you believe in the area that it's going to escalate. We've got Bird Dog Billy. This is such a funny concept. Have you gotten the letters in the mail? 
Have you gotten the text from random people? Are you seeing the signs on the side of the road? There's a lot of investors who really don't hold the homes. Maybe they don't even buy the homes. They're what we're called bird doggers or wholesalers or things like this. And there's a ton of people that work in real estate and this is what they do. They're trying to find people who are in distressed situations, have home they don't want, have had an estate situation where someone's passed away and just don't want to deal with it. Everyone's out of town. And this person comes in, typically buys in cash, is very seasoned, and we call them bird doggers. And what they do is they buy without the intent of really ever making it theirs. They get under contract and they frequently use something called an assignee clause. And pretty much here's what it says. Hey, I, Greg, I'm going to buy your house or assignees for 200 grand. Now, the moment I get you to sign that contract, I then can go out on the market and say, hey, anyone interested in 123 Main Street for $230,000? And people will be like, oh my God, that's a great deal. I'll do it. So guys, Bird Dog Billy, I actually have a guy who I work with who, who did this yesterday. He bought a house off of an assignee clause from someone who had gotten a contract on the house who never, who really only had the contract for two days and then assigned it to this gentleman who's still going to buy it, fix it up a little bit and do flipper frank. So that's called bird dogging or wholesalers. We also have what I'm going to call hard money Howard. Hard money Howard is in the world of real estate, but rather than focusing as much on the homes, focuses on making money off of the financing of the homes. So within your real estate community, wherever you are, there's a hard money Howard there. There's somebody who will lend you their personal money or the money of a group of people. They don't follow any of Greg Cowart's crazy mortgage rules, Fannie, Freddie, FHA. They do things like lending off of after repair value. Typically, they charge points or fees on the mortgage. They also keep them short, typically six months, sometimes a little bit longer. And the interest rate's very high. So very favorable terms for them, but they're very flexible, which might help you. And so some people in the real estate world don't even really play with owning and getting rent off real estate. They play off lending money to people who want to own real estate. I have run into Mobile Home Mandy, who owns mobile home parks. Um, I've run into multi-unit Mike who tries to buy 10-unit buildings, 20-unit apartment buildings, 50-unit apartment buildings, takes more capital, but there's a lot of money to be made on a cash flow basis in those kinds of places. I've also run into um, owner-renter multi-unit who buys a four-unit house but wants to live in one of the units. Similar to, you know, we had primary hopper Patricia Imagine if primary hopper Patricia made her first house a four-unit home and only needed to put down 3% or 5% on a multi-unit home. It can be done. A lot of people are doing it. And now when she moves, not only is she buying her next home, but now she has a four-unit home. So multi-occupants, a big deal. We see a lot of that. I've seen a lot of VRBO Vickies, people who buy investment property but don't intend to rent them on a monthly basis or yearly basis, these people are renting by the night. And that really drives up cash flow, similar to cash flow, Chris, but it can be a lot of work. 
And it's a, a niche, a niche, if you will, within real estate to do more of this VRBO. And it's a real specialty that's taking off. Um, I've got commercial Kathy. I have a friend who just bought a mixed use home. So they're going to live in the top and rent out the bottom two units to local business owners. So you can actually buy homes and get my kind of financing that have mixed use. So part of it's commercial and part of it's residential. Even myself, I've bought a commercial property just because I now place my business. So if you're out there and you own a business or you're part owner of a business, we see a lot of people buy commercial property. It operates really similar to residential. So that could be something as well. And we see people do any of these as a group. So sometimes three people will put their money together and become a hard money lender. Three people will put their money together and become cash flow crest. Three people will put their money together and become multiple, you know, multi-unit Mike. I even recently have started to see multiple occupant Molly who <laughs> buys a five-bedroom house and rents each bedroom out which I really hadn't run into much until maybe the past five years. And I'm actually seeing a lot of this with the traveling workforce, specifically traveling medical people who are looking really to just have a place to stay at night and then go home on the weekends. So um, we see that as well. All right, guys, you did it. We made it through. So there's still more ways to buy investment property, but we just hit about 30 minutes and that covers the most of them. There's not one right way of doing it. And your challenge, whether you're early in the process or just starting, is to try to create as much clarity on what you're looking for as a real estate investor as you can. And remember, the more you can be specific, the more you can visualize it, the more it's going to manifest itself to you. And I encourage you to be super specific when you start. Now, you may not be as specific as I was because some of my specificities come just from making mistakes and screwing up and seeing what works. I had no idea how big of a deal turnover was. But when someone wants to move out and the next person wants to move in, all of a sudden, I'm not a dad. I'm not a husband. I'm not a mortgage guy. I'm like a, co a mover. I'm a maid. I'm a utility expert. And so I've learned over time, at least in my situation, it's the turning over of the homes that creates so much work. So understand you're going to find your way like anything else in life. But the more as you get started, you can really think through, what does this cost? How much is this going to make me? Find a local mortgage pro like myself who can help you with what would the mortgage be on this house? What are my options for down payment? What does a 15-year mortgage look like? And we can help you run numbers and keep you safe. We can also point you to local experts, whether it's attorneys, realtors, um, you know, management companies to help manage the property too. And, and I didn't even mention, I was just on a plane with a guy who lives in Tampa. I'm in Virginia and was flying up to see all of his houses in Virginia Beach. You can even play these games not necessarily in the community you live in. There was a while there where Dallas was super hot, and I knew a lot of people here in Richmond on the East Coast who were buying houses in Dallas. Um, so any of these things, not only are all of these options great options, you can repeat these in Kansas City. You could do this in Whitefish, Montana, or in Minnesota too, regardless of where you live. 
So I hope this was helpful, and I hope I've given you a language that when you call me back or call a realtor or call a different lender, that you're able to better describe to them what they what you want, what your goals are, because once you tell me what your goals are, I can tell you the money person you need to talk to. Here's a great commercial lender. Here's someone for a home equity line. We didn't mention this, but you can actually buy REITs, real estate investment trusts, that are almost like a mutual fund where instead of having to own and, own and manage one home, you can buy into almost like a mutual fund that owns real estate. So that's an option too. You can also borrow money from your IRA and use that money as your down payment for real estate. And that's a whole specialty area. And we can put you in touch with people who are pros at that as well. So get connected, find your local investment community, find a great mortgage lender. Give me a call back if I've asked you to listen to this podcast and let's talk about what your plan is. I'll give you some feedback. We can hook you up with a great local agent and start to run some numbers for you. But either way, love this saying, every journey begins with a first step. Every journey begins with a first step. Your journey to wealth and real estate, through real estate and wealth in general, oftentimes we'll start with real estate and we're happy to help you take that first step. And I'm glad you listened to the podcast and I hope you're able to have some clarification. There's no right way. We're just trying to find what's right for you. As always, thanks for listening to the Straight Talk Podcast. This is Greg Cowart with the Cowart team. You can connect with me at my website, gregcowart.com. My email's there. You can give me a call, text me a text. Love to hear your feedback. If there's a topic related to wealth and real estate you'd like to hear me talk about, definitely uh, shoot me a line. Love to hear your ideas. Thanks for joining with us. I hope this was helpful. Um, no, No best way to build wealth, but I do believe that Uh, Real estate's a key part of most people's portfolio as they build wealth, and I hope we helped you get started. Have a great day. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Straight Talk Podcast. I hope it's been time well spent. If you have questions, topics you'd like to see me cover, want to connect, just reach out to me, gregcowart.com. Now go make it a great day.